You are listening to a proper DBE podcast hosted by Georgia Abrams and brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 15. I hope you are all getting in the festive spirit now that December is here. For me, Christmas is usually when I'm most homesick for Fleetwood Beach, but it's also the time of year we pull out all the stops with Christmas traditions. And what would a traditional British Christmas be without a delicious, moist, brandy-soaked fruitcake? Last year really challenged how we at the TBE go about things. COVID put a stop to dozens of afternoon teas and British fairs across the country, but we kept calm and carried on and adapted for the times. In episode three, we heard about how Kansas was able to turn their annual tea into a take-home affair, and today we'll be hearing about how some members were similarly able to spread joy through Christmas cake deliveries around Austin, San Antonio, and the greater Houston area. So pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. I'm joined by Pauline Simon and Lois McDaniel from Brigadoon Chapter and Rilla Shaka from Ascot Chapter. Here they are to tell us all about the great Christmas cake caper of 2020. We used to have uh, a Wheel of Fortune. That's how we started with the Christmas cakes. We'd sell raffle tickets for a dollar each. And then when we'd sold 30, we'd spin the wheel and whatever number, you know, it landed on, you must have seen this on television, that would win the cake. And it was it was a lot of fun, but it took a long time, you know, to raffle an award. So in the end, people that wanted a cake would just buy one. And I, I think they were like um, $15, $20 back then, which there's a lot of ingredients and so on goes mm-hmm. in these cakes. Anyway, we gave up the wheel because it fell apart. <laughs> it was a bit heavy. And, and a lot of people just wanted to order and buy the cakes. Mm-hmm. So then we we started adding baked goods and things. And now we've just got customers that keep coming back and wanting the cakes because you really can't find a genuine Christmas, English Christmas cake like them in the United States. As far as I know, nobody makes them. We, we have people that come to the bazaar and no, they're going to, you know, and then, then we started taking orders for the cakes. Well, last year, of course, it was a dismal year with the COVID. We had no bazaar. And uh, actually, it was Pauline's idea to go ahead and make them and sell them and try and deliver them. So I made, actually, I made 36 cakes. Eight-inch cake is one batch, a whole batch. If we do six inch, we can get two. And with the four inch, I get five out of our back. I ended up with more. And then um, Lois and Jenny, I think, did nine. And Claire did seven. Kathy and Beryl both did three each. So that was the way it went as far as the nut cooking goes. But, you know, I felt obligated to cook more because I'd done <laughs> I set it up. <laughs> without you, were, you did the most, <laughs> We were only making cakes for pre-orders. Okay. Brigadoon is a relatively small chapter. We only Last year, we only had 11 people, I think, and there's only six bakers. So 
Um, So these cakes do cost a lot of money Mm -hmm. because, you know, just currants these days, eight ounces are like over $5. So I actually ordered currants last year and I got it down that we could get a pound for $5 because each batch has one pound of currants in it, plus the other fruits and everything. Mm -hmm. You end up with two two pounds of fruit in the whole thing. Anyway, uh, so even, you know, the ingredients plus the the, uh, marzipan, cake covers, uh, icing, it all takes, uh, and even the eggs, you have uh, the butter, it's half a pound of butter. So, you know, it's it's quite a bit by the time you come to to actually do them. And then we cook them. Well, actually, first of all, we soak the fruit in brandy Mm -hmm. uh, for 24 hours. Yes. Uh, So then we cook it for about four hours. And uh, well, you, you make the mixture, you know, it's like a sponge mixture mm-hmm. with the eggs and the sugar and everything. And then you add the fruit to it. Right. And then the eight inch cakes will take about four hours. And then we feed them for at least a week with brandy again, you know, just uh, about at least three or four times. Right. After we've done that, it, uh, we put the marzipan on. It takes about 24 hours to let that dry. And then we ice and decorate them. And then each cake is enclosed in a nice uh, plastic cake cover, you know. So geographically also, Brigadoon, we have four members here in Kingwood where I live. And the rest of them live up near Lois in Willis and Conrail. So it's quite a way away. One of the first orders that came in was from a lady who came to, always came to our event and brought two cakes. And she contacted a member from uh, Cold Dream Guards called Helen Mann. Then eventually she got to me. So she, she gave me that lady's name for two cakes. And then she called me and she said, would you like me to put it on Facebook? Well, of course, I said yes, because I'm not really that good about putting stuff on Facebook. <laughs> so um, I sent her a nice photo from the previous year of our stall. And uh, so it went on Facebook. And then one of Helen's friends is the uh, Houston British Pie Man. And he put it on his Facebook. And that's how oh, I, I didn't even know that. You didn't know that, right? No. <laughs> small details <laughs> So actually, from Helen's group, you know, both her, his and hers, uh, we got 26 orders for 26 cakes. Wow. And most of those, or at least a lot of them, were 8-inch, which really, you don't really get your money back on the 8-inch cakes. And I know one of the guys ordered five 8-inch cakes with just marzipan on. He didn't want icing and stuff. <laughs> so wow. that was that was unusual because we haven't done that before but that was fine it makes it easier actually yeah. <laughs> so um i created a spreadsheet an excel spreadsheet and i took made sure you know i recorded all the information of where it came from it was helen or the db people the other db i should say uh with their name telephone number um, and when they re- sent me checks, I recorded that and I deposited the checks in our bank account. Okay. And it was all made out to DBE, Brigadoon chapter. So um, then I did forward the spreadsheet every now and again to the rest of our chapter so that they knew how many we were getting. Now, because of uh, COVID, we didn't have in-person meetings until later in the year. And in fact, I think we had one in August, but I don't remember that. But on October the 11th, that was the first 
in-person meeting. And at that meeting, we sat down and looked at the spreadsheet and we each decided which cakes we were going to make. And the name went to the side. (laughs) Pauline's house was absolutely covered with cakes. There were cakes. There were cakes in stages. It looked like, honestly, it kind of looked like, you know, like Willy Wonka. (laughs) Goodies everywhere. It was hilarious. I think we had a goal that we would be finished by Thanksgiving. Everybody would have it done by Thanksgiving. And we had a meeting on um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which was, I think, the 6th of uh, December. Everyone, uh, all the bakers brought their cakes to my house, and they were on little tables all over the place. (laughs) Uh, And we had actually 59 cakes. Wow. 59 cakes. I, I honestly doubted that we would be able to get them where they needed to go. And when the drivers came, you know, they picked up the cakes. So first of all, I think Dorothy was the one that first came and she picked up um, their cakes that she was going to take uh, to meet Rilla. So, um, and that's when Rilla got the name. She's pretty good at doing these things. Yeah. <laughs> creating names for things so that was good Dorothy came on the 7th and Helen came on the 8th and actually I had surgery on the on the 9th and uh, Susan Lee came and picked up from for people from the south end of the south side of uh, Houston here and so those three picked up most of the cakes Uh, there were three cakes went to uh, one of our members up in North Dallas and she drove down and then the rest of the people just uh, lived in Kingwood area and would come and pick them up. So. <laughs> wow. That was most of that. Our members t- traditionally go down to the bazaar in Houston. And then when the bazaar got canceled, everybody says, well, I have to have my Christmas cakes. So Brigadoon had put out the note that they were going to bake them anyway so people could or- pre-order them. So we ended up with 13 cakes that were from my chapter. And then I got to thinking like, okay, how are we going to get those cakes? And um, Dorothy, who lives in, she's in Coldstream Guards chapter and lives in Cyprus. She has a daughter who lives about five miles from me. um, And she frequently comes up to visit her. So way back in September, I had said, when the cakes are ready, would you bring them to me? And then I'll get them from there. So, of course, it was like, when are they going to be ready? And, and, you know, nobody knew when that was going to happen. But we finally got the email that they were going to assemble at, I guess it was Pauline's house, and divide up, bring in all the cakes, label them all with people's names, and then send them on their way. So, you know, our 18, there were still 50 that they had to distribute around Houston. So we we just had 18, but we had the furthest to go. So I just was amused and amazed at how seamlessly it all worked because Dorothy went on um, Monday morning, sometime on Monday and drove and it was 50 miles round trip for her to just go get the cakes. And she she went and picked up our 18 cakes plus the ones for her own chapter and, and, and her neck of the woods. And then the next morning, bright and early, she jumped in her car with her Starbucks. She loves her Starbucks and (laughs) headed for Round Rock. And it's a two, two and a half hour drive. And so part of the story was the fact that, you know, people in Maryland or New Jersey, they don't have any comprehension of the size of Texas and how big it is. 
So Dorothy comes and she calls me when she's, at, you know, just get about, you know, not too far away and says, okay, I'm going to be at the meeting place. We'd already pre-picked it at such and such a time. So I go and I'm not waiting three minutes when she pulls into the parking lot and there are all the cakes. So we, you know, take them all out and get them all stashed up and I take them home because now I have to figure out which ones go to point A and which ones go to point B. So I bring them home and I spread them all out on the kitchen table and my husband's helping me out and we're figuring out and labeling everything. And we had 10 that had to go south towards San Antonio. But then it turns out, and I forgot one piece, when Pauline knew that Dorothy was bringing me my cake, she said, I have to get five cakes to a lady in Kerrville. Could I get them to you? Well, Kerrville's another three hours beyond me. So I mean, it's like, okay, we'll figure that out later. I said, sure, bring them, send them along. We'll figure it out. So the next morning I get my, the 10 that are going South and my son lives in San Marcos, which is an hour, a little over an hour South of me. And my sister Valerie lives 20 minutes away from him. So I arranged for her to meet me in San Marcos. And then I gave her all the ones that had to go to San Antonio and Kerrville. So she picked them up the next day, which is Wednesday. So she picks them up and she gets them to her office. So the next morning on Thursday, it turns out that the place that my sister works has one other store, which is in Kerrville. And her boss goes to Kerrville every Thursday. Wow. So she said, sure, I'll take them to, to Kerrville for you. The little hitch in the plan was is that she leaves at 6 a.m. to go to Kerrville. So Valerie took the cakes into the office and locked them in the manager's office. And then she showed up at six o'clock the next morning with fixing up Christmas cakes, which she's never tasted in her life and has no idea what they are. But she drove them, took them with her. So it wasn't out of her way at all to hometown crafts in Kerrville. And it turns out Heather, the lady who had to pick them up, shops there all the time. So she knew them all and everything else. So they just had them under the counter for her. She came in, picked up her cakes. She was as happy as Larry. It was just perfect. That's awesome. The rest of the cakes going to San Antonio, a lady that lives in Canyon Lake, which is 20 miles from New Braunfels, she came in and picked up her own cake, plus all the rest that had to go to San Antonio. And she took them down to Annette's house. And Annette then took them to the ladies in San Antonio who needed to get them. Meanwhile, on the way back to Round Rock on Wednesday, after I dropped off the, the bulk of the cakes, I dropped off one in the town of Kyle, which is so then by the time I got home, so that was just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So in four days, all but three cakes were delivered. To me, that was just an example of how the DPE, if they put their minds to it, can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I just came out because Christmas cake, and I went the Christmas cake caper. I mean, you know, it just kind of had a ring to it. But, um, and everybody, we got lots of emails um, for the people who shop, you know, purchased around here about how, how much they love their cakes. And so this year, we had the bazaar. So I went down for it and I collected 15 cakes this time and brought them back. And I just got back from delivering 11 that are going five to the lady in Kerrville and the rest to the San Antonio. So they're all doing their little thing. And I've got a few left up here. So we did it again this year, but it wasn't quite as many players. But Christmas cakes haven't always been the tradition. But Christmas cakes haven't always been the tradition. Originally a plum porridge, the recipe evolved in the 16th century when other dried fruits were added. The oatmeal was removed, replaced with eggs, flour, and fat, and spices were added to symbolize the three wise men. Icing, however, has only been around since the 18th century, as there wasn't the technology to refine the sugar adequately before that. 
It would have been similar to royal icing and was put back in the oven to set after being poured over the fruitcake. The term icing came from its flat and shiny appearance once set, and its first known appearance in the written record is in 1769. Fruitcake was originally eaten on Twelfth Night, January 6th, but with the Industrial Revolution, traditions changed, and partaking in fruitcake, along with most other celebrations, were moved to Christmas Day rather than being spread throughout the 12 days of Christmas. If you are interested in trying out a Christmas cake recipe for yourself, we have posted a recipe on our website, which I will link to in the show notes. As always, I love to read your comments, so please send them in, along with any other suggestions or requests, podcast at dbenational.org. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. But until next time, not ourselves, but the cause.